Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Happy Father's Day, one and all. Celebrating today. Do you guys ever notice yourself at being more like your dad's every year as you get older? I do. Yes, yes it's true. I do. My dad had this quirk in which he would thump his fingers together, like on the table. He would like take his index finger and middle finger and like thump them. A little, a little drumming action like on the little, table? Like a little drumming action yeah. on the table. Yeah. And it always annoyed me when I was a kid. And now I'm, you know, like waiting at the checkout stand or something, and I'm thumping. You know what it's like to be a grocery store thumper? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do that. It's like, and I, and if, if people looked at you to say, "Stop it!" You're I'm annoying sure they me. think it's annoying as I did, but somehow I, I never thought I'm going to thump my fingers the way my dad did. <laughs> it just happens. Isn't it amazing how you somehow. just become? The, the, the old saying dad. is, "You become your parents." You become yeah. your dad, and my my voice is nearly identical to my dad's. Huh. And so sometimes when I'm talking uh, <laughs> or yelling, <laughs> which is often how I heard my dad's voice yes. in the yelling <laughs> form, <laughs> I hear the voice, and I, like it, it stops me for a second. I was like, "Whoa! I just got a visit from my dad." My voice. What about you, Shwani? I noticed characteristics in you very similar to your dad, Paul. Well, uh, yeah, I would think so. Voice uh, and other voice, maybe inflection. The way you know, he had quite a bit of inflection when he talked, and I guess that might be part of where I get that from. Um, but you were mentioning parents. Just as you were talking about this, I had a flashback some years back. My mother would sound like her mother sometimes. Mm. I mean, exact voice quality, yeah. uh, inflection, the way she would pronounce words would would uh, kind of go into that type yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's a little spooky. You feel like you're getting a visit. Andy, you you had like burst out when I say, are you becoming your dad? <laughs> are you noticing that? It, in, uh, in patience alone. <laughs> Especially when it comes to the Did dog. Did you say in patience or <laughs> no, no. in Patience. Yeah, good point. And, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I find myself saying a lot of the same things to my dog that I hear my dad say to his. Oh, <laughs> like, like what? Like can can Stop they it. be? Come re- on, oh. can they be repeated on the air? Well, yeah, they can. Yeah, it's just you know, <laughs> come on, Otis. But the same kind of things that you heard your dad say to exactly. your dog, you are now saying to Otis. Yes. Uh, it's gonna, scary. <laughs> we're going to talk with Andy's dad in just a second. It was always a tradition here on the show on Father's Day. We talk with Andy's dad. My dad passed away in 96, a long time ago. Uh, we would talk with Andy's dad and Shawnee's dad. And as uh, you know, we've talked about uh, many times, this is the first Father's Day for Dave, for Shawnee, without his dad. His dad passed away recently. 
and you're okay. We we I asked you ahead of time. Is oh yeah, to, to if, yes to play some cuts. Yes, and in fact, in, as I said to you, it it will be good to hear those. It'll be good to hear his voice. I was going through some video that uh, I've shot over the years uh, on our travels, and then also some things we did when I sat down and talked with him a couple years ago about his life. I'll be posting some of that on uh, Facebook later today okay. in, in tribute. Uh, for Father's Day. Oh, but, very nice. Yeah, so, you know, this is uh, this is a great thing to do. I'll be thumping my fingers. And later. you'll be thumping your fingers. I'm going to do like 20 minutes of finger thumping on <laughs> Facebook today. I'm just going to yell the dog on Facebook. <laughs> you, oh, <laughs> since you're talking about, since you're talking about thumping fingers yeah. and, the, you know, yeah. little mannerisms and habits that your dad had, my dad had a wonderful way of whistling, oh. but he would also click his fingers. Oh, you know, he had a little huh. tune going through his head or something like that, wow. and I'd hear him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, what a great memory to yeah. have. And as I said, he could really whistle very, very well, you know, right on pitch. Do you, with, do uh, you have that skill? Also? A little bit. A little bit. Not as good as he did, though. Right. Well, maybe later in the program. Uh, we can get uh, Schwani to do uh, a whistling, a little whistle, a little whistling contest. Uh, this is uh, from Father's Day morning two years ago. Uh, Dave Schwan's dad, Paul, uh, joining us on the program. Mr. Paul Schwan joining us on the program this morning. Mr. Schwan, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Mr. Richards. Mr. Richards. How are you, Dean? I'm doing very well. It's so nice to hear your voice. Yes, yes, this has become an annual affair. That's right, that's right. Uh, Shwani keeps me updated on how you're doing, and uh, you're you're more active. You put all of us to shame of how active you are. Well, I I try to keep active. In fact, Dave and I were out to dunes uh, just last Thursday. We walked almost three miles on some of the trails out there. That's amazing. That's fantastic. (laughs) And let me just, you don't mind if I ask your age, just uh, because I want everyone to hear that uh, a man of your age walked three miles at the Indiana Dunes. Uh, yes, I'm, I was 98 this past oh, April. About that. Isn't that amazing? Three miles well, in the dunes. Good for you. Good for you. He did it, too. I kept asking him if you want to stop now. He says, no, let's uh, let's keep going. I'll, I'll keep going. I'll, yeah. I'll bet with all of your travel, Shwani, with your dad, he, he pushed you along the way most of the time, right? Is Shwani there? Shwani, are you there? Am I here? Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> oh, you thought we were still in the <laughs> I recording. You were still in the recording. No, no, no. But uh, no, we're going to play another cut in a okay. second. Okay, all right. Uh, but, yes. But he pushed you along yes. on all these Yes, I trips. can remember a couple of times where we were in, uh, well, one of them was in Germany, and I was just trudging along and he's going into this uh museum that that uh, we ended up both being very very fascinated by he was you know just moving right along and i'm like can i sit here for a few minutes please take a break i'm just i've just gotta just kind of rest for a while i wanted to take a little break (laughs) go back to father's day of 2019 now happy father's day to you well, thank you, Dean. How are you? I'm doing great. It's so nice to hear your voice and doing great. I thought we would have you join us for the far-flung forecast uh, That's today. That's fine. Which, I listen to it every Sunday. As you know, also my favorite part of the show as well. 
Thank you. So, uh, Shwani, no pressure. Make your dad proud. I will. We go to. <laughs> I hope so. I'd be nervous if my dad was on the line. Actually, it's always him. a little. It's always a little nerve wracking uh, to, uh, to do this. The unpredictability but, factor. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but we go to Fairmont, West Virginia today. Fairmont, West Virginia is. Mr. Schwann, has he ever taken you to Fairmont, West Virginia, on one of your road trips? Not that I remember. Although my memory is getting a little. Faulty, I'm sure. But you've gone to you've gone on many many road trips with uh, your son. Oh, that's true, right? Yeah. What was your favorite trip that you went on with uh, with your son? Well, I think one of most recent was uh, about five years ago when we did Scandinavia, Denmark, oh, wow. Norway, wow. and Sweden. Wow! And yeah. that was that really was a, a good great one. trip. Yeah, that was a good one. And we covered all three of those countries too, didn't we? Yeah. On the road. On the road, right, yeah. right. All right, we're back, we're back live uh, again, Shawnee. Thank you for reminding me now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have such flawless production on this program <laughs> that can't tell if we're live or if we're memorized on the uh, program. But uh, I, I hope that you find some comfort today. I'm sure it's tough, your first Father's Day without your dad, but... Uh, the. You know, I always say all these great memories, and you have so many great memories with your dad with all these great trips and your special relationship. I hope that that kind of surrounds you today. It certainly does. Thank you, Dean. And and while we're mentioning all of this, I want to thank our listeners, the best in the world, that uh, when I got back uh, after the funeral that week and got back here, Cards waiting for me for from uh, listeners, all of them writing notes as if we had known each other for many years, and uh, that will never, ever be forgotten. Uh, I was out covering the Sale GP event yesterday, an absolutely beautiful day. I know Dad would have wanted me to be there, and so I've already got some comfort and some good uh, support here. Thank you. Good deal. You know who else we've, uh, you, you say, you know, people contacting you like they've known you for years. You know who else we've known for years? Mr. Steve Mazur. Andy's dad is uh, on the line with us this morning. Steve, good morning. Happy Father's Day. Wait a minute. Are we pushing all the buttons? Yeah, all the buttons are pushed, right? Hopefully he didn't take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this program does have that effect on people. (laughs) Where we sometimes put people to sleep. I don't know what's going on here that... uh, yeah, I don't know. Steve, are you there? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Huh. All right. Well, this will be well, one. That was fun. Yeah. This will be one to play back yeah. on, the, on the highlight reel uh, in years to years to come. We'll figure out. Uh, maybe maybe they can figure out what's going on in there. But in the meantime, in between time, uh, Mr. Dave Schwan has us a lovely far flung forecast for today, as scheduled. America's most popular. You know, they gave out the Peabody Awards this year, Shwani. Is Shwani listening? Can anybody hear the show today? <laughs> testing, testing. Are we on? Are Is we training on? Hello? Are we transmitting today? <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> is there a better program you're watching? Because <laughs> if there is, I'd like to watch it all. That one was done on purpose, just to see if you were listening. Wow. <laughs> you guys scared me today with nobody nobody responding. Uh, anyway, here's the far-flung forecast. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> today, thank you, Dean. Good morning, everyone. Today we go to Spokane, Washington. 
Spokane, Washington, uh, just about 90 miles south of the Canadian border. And um, I, <laughs> I, oh, yes, here's the population around uh, 208,000 people. Uh, beautiful area there. Uh, very different from Seattle in that it's more uh, out toward uh, the desert rather than uh, around the Cascade Mountains. But we mention Spokane, Washington, because for many, many years it was the home of a lady named Sonora Smart Dodd. Sonora, what? Sonora Smart Dodd. Sonora Smart Dodd. Right. Her father was an American Civil War veteran, and she is largely responsible for founding what we now know as Father's Father's Day. Day. She thought it would be nice because uh, this would be in the early years of the 20th century. Uh, around 196 or 198, there was word of Mother's Day celebrations going on, and she thought that it would be very nice to honor fathers as well, especially because he was a widower and was taking care of Sonora and a couple of her siblings as well. So that caught on as well. The uh, Father's Day celebration uh, in uh, June of uh, 1910 in Spokane, Washington. And over time, the idea became more and more popular. And in 1966, President Johnson, Lyndon Johnson, signed a proclamation declaring the third Sunday of June as Father's Day. Really? That, it happened that late? It happened that late. And then oh. in 1972, President Nixon establishing a permanent national observance of Father's Day oh. to solidify that. The third sun, the third Sunday of June in each year. I never and knew that that happened uh, so recently. It, it, it's surprising, isn't it? it because Woodrow Wilson I made Mother's Day. I thought Hallmark invented the holiday. <laughs> well, they certainly have capitalized Black on it. Black and Decker. <laughs> Black and Decker and every Thai manufacturer every tie, out there. Thai and cheap cologne manufacturer. <laughs> right. But Spokane, Washington has cloudy skies, 51 degrees today. All right. You want to everyone cross your fingers and let's see if Steve Mazur, Andy's dad, is on the phone line with us right now. Steve, can you hear us? I can. Can oh, you hear me? Oh, it works. Thing. It works. <laughs> Phenomenal, these, these new-fangled inventions. I'm told that we had there's some deal with our phones, and there's, so, so you can expect that to happen uh, 20 or 30 more times during the show today. Steve, happy Father's okay. Day to you. Well, thank you very much. And, Shwani, I, I, you know, I, I just, uh, it seems kind of empty to be without Paul here. Uh, we had a lunch together, the four of us, one, uh, last year. Or it year was before. just right around a year at this time. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And boy, that I, I just was sitting at the edge of my seat listening to the man. He was really something special. Yeah. And you are likewise very proud of him. Likewise. And I'm terribly sorry uh, uh, about his passing. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've mentioned to Andy a number of times. It's one of those things where you can talk about saying, oh, we'll, we'll get together. We'll get together. And then for whatever reason, it might be too late. But I certainly am very, very glad that that did not happen for us. No, it was it was a wonderful experience for me, at least, and Andy, I'm sure. And, and uh, I was glad to have spent it with him. Well, you know, that's, so what's going on there? That's, guys? that's the thing <laughs> is that anybody who met Paul, uh, Paul Chuan. Uh, you know, instantly loved him. He was, he was, uh, you know, such a, such a character, such an interesting man. 
Uh, but, you know, so charismatic. I don't know what happened to you, Dave, in, in that uh, chain of... <laughs> Just call me the black sheep of the family. Your dad, your dad got all the charisma and charm of the family, apparently. But, uh, <laughs> you were in the wrong line. Right. Right. Uh, no, so, your so your dad your dad was just uh, you know such a, a remarkable guy, and that's yes, uh, he was. You know, the, uh, I know I know the first Mother's Day for me after my mom passed away was kind of tough, and I just tried to flood myself with good, 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 good memories, uh, and it, for, you know, for me it helped. So I, I hope for you it does on this on this day as well. That's the, that's one of the biggest uh, helps that you can give yourself is the good memories and uh, surround yourself with people who love you. And uh, and go from there. Yeah. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you heard Andy uh, saying that he's starting to notice characteristics in himself like you uh, as he's uh-huh. as he's getting older. Uh Oh, I think I think that's a tribute. I think that's a tribute to you as his dad. I hope so. Yeah. It depends which ones he's talking about. <laughs> I, I said the word I said the word patience. Oh, that, that we both have plenty of especially when it comes to our four legged friends. Oh yeah, furry four-legged friend. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, oh, his dog Buddy is is a is a mama's boy, and Otis is definitely a mama's boy. Mm. So you know, it, yeah, and it, it hurts a little bit. Enough, you know? That's for sure. Yeah, it, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I still, the one before was mine. I mean, one hundred percent mine, and uh, uh, this one is one hundred percent hers. You yeah. <laughs> care less. He's sitting in the window looking at me right now. Great. Uh, he's looking my, at you. He's looking at you, thinking, "Hey, how about piping down over there? Yeah. I'm trying to enjoy Sunday morning. <laughs> trying to talk to mom here. Yeah, right. So, yeah. so Steve, as as you think back, you know, Father's Day is a day. People say that you know, dads get the short shrift. Mothers, mothers get all the great gifts and brunches, and you know they get everything, and dads don't get anything on Father's Day. As you look back on Father's Days gone by, what are some memorable gifts that Andy has given you through the years? <laughs> I got a a uh, Bears shirt jersey oh, yeah. with with the one number fifteen Pinero. Now, nobody remembers Pinheiro. He was the worst <laughs> kicker in our history. And I got to go wearing that thing because I look like a fool with it. There's no question about it. Yeah. But, uh, no, but, you know, moms, moms ought to get some credit for Father's Day because without them, we wouldn't be fathers. Well, that's true. That, that's, a, that's a very good that. point. Very, very, very wise. That and was deep. And good point. That was deep. Um, yes, it was very deep. Andy, someday you also will be that deep. Yeah, I can only hope uh, that it happens very soon. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Steve, I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day today. It's always great oh, to hear you. you. And uh, thank it's you. It's great. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Father's and Day. As I say, thank you. And as I say, I miss uh, Paul very much. It was always Happy a Father's Day to you, too, Mr. Mazur. It was great to have met you. And. Uh, Awesome, awesome day that day. I just have one yes, more question, Steve. When you, when the four of you got together uh, for lunch, did Schwanny pick up the tab? Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Nine thirty a. Dean Richard Sunday morning. WGN. Guess who just celebrated a birthday? Doctor Kevin Most. Happy birthday, Dr. Kevin Most. Dr. Kevin Most, happy birthday, my friend. 
Dean, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And my brother and I have uh, the same birthday. My oh, is that right? Kurt, born on the same day, two years apart. How about that? How about that? Wow. Well, yeah. Happy birthday to the most brothers. And uh, hope you uh, just have a, a well. I this year has got to be better than the, the last couple that we've gone through for a doctor. I would think, right? <laughs> it really, it really has. You know, it's it's, uh, it's kind of coming back a little bit to normal, where you can actually celebrate birthdays now instead of hiding through through them. So, right, yeah, Dr- I think we'll all be getting much better on trying that. to try. You know, remember when we would celebrate birthdays? You know, someone. You'd be in a circle outside, uh, six feet apart, <laughs> keeping your distance, or somebody would be in a car, somebody else would be behind a glass uh, in the early days of the uh, pandemic. So we're, we're definitely much better. And now, uh, also good news for uh, parents uh, who have kids as young as six months old. Some big vaccination news yesterday. Yeah, it really was. It's it's very reassuring now that we have vaccinations pretty much for every age group from six months on. It'll be interesting to see how parents accept it. You know, right now it doesn't look like it's going to be widely accepted, uh, but certainly at least we have that opportunity to uh, protect these kids, protect them from sharing with others, protect them from getting long COVID. So hopefully parents will take a look at it, understand what needs to happen and follow up with their kids. Yeah, I, I think that's so important because I think we've definitely gone into a a, a period of letting our guards down uh, right now. I, I know so many people who have tested positive. Thank goodness that they were vaccinated and boosted, that their symptoms are you know not as severe as the old days when we were talking through panes of glass. But, uh, you know, people are testing positive. They are getting through it, uh, you know, fairly, fairly well after some uh, quarantine. Uh, I, I think that's what we all need to concentrate on right now. What, what do you think? 100%. And you probably just I hope everybody listened to what you just said, you know, because a lot of people now are still continuing to get this, but the symptoms are much more mild. They're getting over it within just a few days. Those who have been vaccinated, those who are becoming ill and lasting sick longer are the unvaccinated still. But really, it has shown that anybody that's been vaccinated certainly now has a shorter duration, much milder symptoms, and is feeling much better quickly. So hopefully everyone understands that not only are we protecting you from being hospitalized or decreasing you know, your chance for death dramatically, but it also appears that we're shortening that duration and allowing you to get back to quote-unquote normal in a quick time if you've been fully vaccinated. Yeah, are we, are we now at a period, would you, would you say, uh, you know, like we were with the flu or like we are when someone would get the flu, you'd feel like somebody ran you over with a truck for a few days and, you know, then you got back to normal. Is that where we are now with COVID? Exactly. So when we look at influenza and flu shots that we get, people still get breakthrough cases of the flu because when we know it's not a 100% a perfect match, but certainly instead of having influenza for 10 days of feeling miserable, the unvaccinated, those who are vaccinated are going to have a little bit of a quote-unquote cold or bad symptom, but only for a few days because we've taught their immunity what to look for. So now people hopefully will start comparing the impact of influenza and flu vaccine and the impact of COVID vaccine and what we really need to make sure that not only it's healthier for all of us, but it will decrease the spread as we go into you know, the fall flu season. Yeah, certainly it's not, uh, the, you know, the, the serious threat, uh, ICUs and 
uh, death in many cases uh, that it was when we first started talking about all of this. Uh, that said, if you still have questions for Dr. Most, 312-981-7200. If you want to call in, if you want to text in, 312-981-7200. And uh, we'll get to some other uh, health-related uh, questions for Dr. Kevin Most. Uh, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, when we come back. Dean Richard, Sunday morning, WGN 947. And Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, on the line with us. Uh, So, uh, Kevin, you know, people are going to be outside, uh, sitting outside and uh, looking at the river with cooling off at an outdoor cafe. What kind of precautions health-wise do we need to take uh, regarding being outside as the weather uh, gets blistering hot again? Yeah, Dean, you know, it's interesting. We This is uh, one of the focuses that we have to make sure we creep up on because it's kind of interesting how we can go from spring to the middle of summer as quickly as possible. And really, people should focus on, you know, skin cancer. What are we going to do to protect ourselves and making sure that we're wearing the appropriate blocking? And then really start to think about other things that will, you know, start to impact you. You know, look at the illnesses that we find in the summer that are more um, insect-based. So looking at mosquitoes, we look at West Nile virus, uh, things along those lines. So obviously, we want to make sure that we're going to be comfortable outside for controlling what we control from an infectious disease point of view, like any illnesses, as well as what can we do for skin um, cancer preparation. And then think, too, if you're going to be out doing something, look out for signs of dehydration. You know, as these temperatures hit those mid-90s, Make sure that you're going to be keep yourself well hydrated and well protected. Yeah, and alcoholic beverages don't count toward uh, hydrating yourself, right? They do not. So two things there, not only alcoholic beverages, but also caffeinated beverages. So mm. people think, oh, I'm going to take a Diet Coke or I'm going to drink coffee. And we have to understand that caffeine, although it's a stimulant, um, also leads towards more dehydration, as mm. does alcohol. Mm. But really, kind of make sure that you have the right balance to keep yourself protected if you're going to be outside quite a bit. I never knew that. I, because I, I would go uh, thinking, oh, I'm going to have some nice iced tea, which is generally a black tea, which is generally super caffeinated. Uh, so I, I wasn't doing myself any favors with that. Well, you're doing some favors, but certainly not the favors that you actually really want to. And the other thing is, as we lose you know, a lot of perspiration and sweat when he's 95, 96 degrees, we have to understand that we're losing um, electrolytes as well, so sodium and potassium and glucose, so ones that we want to have a Gatorade or a Powerade yeah. um, to make sure that that's partially how we're going to make sure we can maintain our fluid status. Okay, and as far as the sunscreen, I've, I've jacked mine up to like 40 or 50 uh, SPF now. Uh, you know, my, my dermatologist said, uh, Dean, you got a lot of forehead going on up there. You probably should get some good good protection going. So, I I upped it. Is, is that what you are also recommending? High as high as possible. Yeah, if, you know when you think about SPF and people say, well, what does SPF actually mean? And that's probably the most important that you understand that. And what it is is it's a, the amount of time that it would take for you to get burned. So if you went out without anything on, how long would it take for your skin to burn? And then you can multiply that by the SPF by 10, and it'll tell you how long you're protected. So an SPF of 30 actually gives you great coverage for 300 minutes. Okay. That being said, when the temperature is very hot, you have to remember that you're going to sweat a lot of that off. 
people are very proud to put on sunblock saying, I put on sunblock, but little do they know two things. One, they probably put it on too late because you should really put it on about a half hour before you're going to be exposed. Mm. And two, to make sure you replenish it after about an hour and a half to make sure, maybe two hours, to make sure that you have redosed essentially yourself. Okay. Uh, let's get to uh, some COVID questions coming in. Uh, 309 area code said, my niece has five boys who have just completed their third bout with COVID. Uh, why should they get vaccinated if they're not sure which strain or future strains uh, they might get again? Good. It's a good question, right? And we've talked about this. We have two ways to get immunity. One is natural immunity. In other words, I got exposed to the virus. My body has now noticed it, has built up the antibodies and got me over that. The other is the vaccine-related immunity that you're going to get from the vaccination. Natural immunity seems to wane after a period of three, four, five months, as we know that the vaccine actually wanes as well. So certainly you want to be able to show that you're going to get the best protection possible, which is going to be having natural immunity and having the shots as well. And people, like you say, are going, well, why? Why do I need that? And when we look at the impact of having the two, you have much better immunity for future infections. That being said, we are starting to see other strains coming out, right? BA4, BA5, and we probably will see a vaccine in the fall that's not based on the original COVID, but actually has some of the variants in it. So not to be confusing, but certainly we want to do everything we can to protect. The other thing I think that kids and parents need to know is that we go, oh, long COVID, that's only in adults, when in fact it's not. We're seeing more and more cases of long COVID in kids, where they're short of breath, where they have malaise, where they're a little bit tired. Um, So really making sure that we protect them from long COVID is certainly something we want to do with all kids. Here's Marcy on the line, 312-981-7200. Hi, you're on with Dr. Kevin Most. Hi. I'm sorry if you've already answered these questions, but I have two quick ones. One, my husband and I have COVID. We're over 70, and we're doing better. It's been 10 days. Do we have to retest before we go out? And also, how long would we... We have both vaccinations and one booster, and how long before we get our second booster? Marcy, great questions. One, if you and your husband, I'm glad you're getting better. I think that just shows, because based on your age, the importance of the vaccine allowed you to get over this without needing hospitalization or anything, and it's been 10 days. If your symptoms are gone in your 10 days, you're good. You do not need to be retested, because, in fact... You may test positive, but still not be contagious. So really, it's going to go on, do you still have symptoms? If you don't have symptoms and you're five to 10 days post, you don't need to worry about testing and you can get back into your regular uh, train of thought or your regular activity. As far as the booster, if you're going to go for that second booster, certainly if you've been four months since your first booster, since your third shot, you can certainly get that based on your age and any comorbidities you have. So certainly people are looking right now saying, well, it's the middle of June. Should I wait until July to get some additional coverage in the fall? Certainly you can. You are probably still building up your natural immunity. So what I would say is wait about you know two, three weeks after this infection and then go and get your booster. And you will be in a very good place between natural immunity and the vaccine immunity. All right. Laura's got a similar question. Laura, you're on with Dr. Kevin Most on WGN. Yeah, good morning, guys. Uh, Yes, similar question comes from a disagreement at a funeral yesterday when 
one of the people who, one of the live people who uh, had COVID recently had what could be COVID symptoms um, or something else. And there was a disagreement about how long after one has had COVID can they get COVID again? How long, Does that make right. sense? How long, how long are they contag- yeah, Laura, contagious to others, you mean? Yeah. In saying, other words, you know, two, some two people said, oh, well, long, you just yeah. had COVID, so that those you probably just have a cold. Yeah. Other people said, no. You might have COVID could again. Be COVID. What's the yeah. What's the word, Doc? Absolutely. And, and it can be, especially now. Someone that had COVID, let's say, a couple of months ago could have had Omicron, could have had BA2. Well, what's going on right now? BA4 and BA5 are now, you know, rearing their ugly head to become the more dominant strain. Different strains, so individuals yeah. are going to get COVID again. That is very, very possible. If they and have symptoms, if they have symptoms, they should test themselves because, well, they could have influenza. They could have strep throat. They could have just a regular upper respiratory infection. But certainly you don't want to spread that in, in, a, in an environment where you're all there celebrating the life of someone who's passed. I appreciate your call uh, very much, Laura. Thank you very much. And Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. Hope you have a great uh, Sunday. Look forward to talking to you again soon, Kev. Thank you. You got it, Dean. Take care. Wasn't yesterday just a picture-perfect day? Oh, yes, it was. I'm wearing it all over my face. I (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he is. Somebody didn't put the sunscreen on yesterday. Somebody didn't realize where the sun was when he was at the Cubs game yesterday. Did you think that it was a, a domed stadium? Yeah, well, you know, it was it was windy. Field. The shade was really a little too cold, so we were standing on one of the, the porches, the patios out there in right field, and I was just enjoying the game. I didn't even think about it no. until uh, I got home. When did you? When did it start throbbing? Uh, about five minutes after I walked in the door. Oof! Yeah, that's bad. Just though, just your head. Uh, my face and uh, the yeah my my scalp. I did see. I yeah. I actually heard Andy coming uh, to my desk this sizzling. morning before I actually saw him. I heard I heard sizzling and like a hum. Yeah, mm. it'll do it to you every time. Mm. So what uh, Doctor Mo says, I will uh, I will echo. Put the sunscreen on. Yeah. Don't be like an idiot like me. Yeah, you had your shirt on though, right? I did. Yes, you weren't one of those wriggly guys. Uh, with- no. No, I never have been on it. With your body painted? (laughs) (laughs) Like the guys on that Seinfeld episode? Exactly. (laughs) The The devil's sport team. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, the highest sunscreen possible now. I'm I'm practically completely covered in sheets when I go out (laughs) (laughs) Outside. (laughs) That's That's another thing. We were talking earlier about... How we're becoming our dads. Mm-hmm. My my dad had sunspots, uh, you know, the age spots, whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, really, mm-hmm. really, they're, they're, my, my dermatologist said that's sun, that's from sun damage. Yes. Uh, my dad had those all over his arms, and I do too now. So <laughs> when I look down, it's like, oh, there's dad's arm. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> Appreciate that. I thought of you yesterday. Really? Yes, I did. Aren't you thoughtful? I well, for a very good reason, and you'll you'll like the reason. Oh. Uh, spent the day at Navy Pier yesterday. Oh, uh, I saw your pictures covering the sale GP event. I and saw your pictures on Facebook. Explain what this is. Okay, 
Sale GP, GP stands for Grand Prix, like the Grand Prix auto race in Europe. This is a very elite sailing event that takes place in seven locations around the world. Mm. Chicago is the only city in the United States where this is taking place this year. They're going to other places in, like, the south of France yeah. or Europe. Or this was all in the water, though, right? All in the water. All and on, it was all on Grand Prix, like, boats. Yes. The boats are called catamarans. Catamarans. And they are designed to actually lift out of the water because they're so well-designed and so high-tech. They can lift out of the water wow. and move at speeds potentially 60 miles an hour. So you're sort of floating above the you, water. You were, you're floating above the water or gliding it. You know, hydrofoiling is, hydrofoiling, the, yes. is the term. Like a, you don't want a hydroplane in a car, but what you're doing in a car when you hydroplane is glide across the yeah. uh, pavement. But I, I saw you took these spectacular pictures that are on your Facebook page. I took some videos yesterday, and there are nine teams from around the world that were competing. Right. Uh, and uh, as I say, Chicago is the only one chosen. This is an event that, you know, it wasn't like closed off or exclusive. It was open to the public. Mm. Navy Pier has been advertising for this for, for over six months, yeah. and it was just jammed over there. Yeah. And well, one reason why is the weather. Well, it was a be- beautiful day. This is a, according to your pictures and your videos, just spectacular to to watch. Oh, sure. And you why could... why were you thinking of me though? Oh yeah. Okay. Here's why. Because you thought of me being tied to one of the bathrooms, uh, <laughs> being dragged along, being dragged. <laughs> this would be a good way to get even with them. <laughs> No, here is why I thought of you, and I said you'll like the reason why. You wouldn't have liked that reason. Here's the reason why. Of course, the place is just... Everybody was enjoying themselves on that beautiful day. And as you might guess, every food vendor was quite Uh busy also. Uh Among them, original rainbow cone. Oh, no kidding. There was a line, and quite a considerable line, that original rainbow cone. And I thought, yep. Dean would love oh, this. I would. I, I, never mind the catamarans. <laughs> You'll just eat the ice I would cream. Just sit near the You've ice got cream. all these beautiful boats on yeah. our beautiful lakefront. Yeah, what boats? Yeah, your back will be turned while you're eating your ice cream. It's the Rainbow Cone Grand Prix. <laughs> That's the Grand Prix of ice cream. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. But it was a great, great day yeah, out there. Looked uh, looked uh, really nice uh, today. Looks like it's going to be a nice day uh, as well. Uh, I've had quite uh, a spectacular last couple of weeks. Let me tell you about it here. Ten fifteen, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. I, no, I was not in Viva Las Vegas last week. Even better, I was in Viva Las Graceland last week. The uh, home and now final resting place for Elvis Presley and much of his family getting ready for the new Elvis movie that's going to be opening this coming Friday. Uh, Graceland is unbelievable. It's changed so much since the last time I was there. Uh, It's become sort of like a mini Disneyland with uh, different attractions and uh, things to do. It's more than just a mansion and a bunch of sleazy gift shops. Uh, Now it's the mansion. It's uh, uh, a theater. It's 
uh, museums. It's it's just all kinds of things. If you're an Elvis Presley fan, uh, it's definitely something you need to visit because it's just absolutely amazing. While I was there, uh, I interviewed Austin Butler, who is this young actor who plays Elvis Presley in this new movie. It's called Elvis, the movie. Uh, that will open this coming Friday. He is stunning in this film, captures the soul uh, more than anyone I've ever seen play Elvis Presley before. He's great. We had a great chat with him, which we'll share with you later in the program today. And our old pal, Mr. Tom Hanks, uh, who plays Colonel Tom Parker in the movie. Uh, We'll share that conversation with you uh, still to come later on this morning. And also this morning out with the new kids on the block yesterday you know donnie Wahlberg, mark Wahlberg, and their brother paul all own this the Wahlburgers hamburger chain of restaurants really and uh, they have one out in st charles and yesterday they put out some wet cement in front of the uh, Wahlburgers restaurant and all of the new kids showed up and they put their hands in the cement and signed their names uh, there must have been 500 fans out in front of this Wahlburgers yesterday. Really fun. Uh, and then we had a chance to chat with them. We're going to share that full conversation. If you're a New Kids fan, you'll want to stick around. If you're an Elvis fan, you'll want to stick around. We've got a lot of good stuff still to come for you this morning. 1018, Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. It is 1020, and this is Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN. Uh, one of our, our great jewels of museums here in Chicago, the Driehaus uh, Museum, is celebrating an anniversary, and they've got lots going on starting next weekend. Uh, joining us on the line is uh, Anna Musi, who is the executive director of the museum. On a happy anniversary to you. Nice to have you with us on the show today. Thank you for having me on the show, and happy Father's Day to everybody. And tell us a little about, the, for people who may not be familiar with the Driehaus Museum, uh, what uh, what people can expect there. Um, we are a museum of art, architecture, and design of the late 19th and early 20th century period. Um, and when people come to visit, in general, they are going to see a stunning collection of art from that time period and the house, the Nickerson Mansion, which is the home to the Driehaus Museum, um, is is a piece of art in and of itself. Very unique piece of architecture. Yeah. I mean, Chicago is, uh, you know, known for this uh, sort of thing. What is it that uh, makes the museum, the Nickerson Mansion, uh, so unique and so special? Well, this house um, was built um, after the Great Chicago Fire. It was the um, first fully fireproofed home that was built after the fire. It was the largest private residence built in Chicago and one of the most opulent, and that it still stands today. It was saved twice um, along its history, um, most recently by Richard Driehaus, um, and it's a very unique place. You, Chicago architecture at that time period, the house was finished in 1883, um, was very different than anywhere else in the country. Yeah, I'm looking at some photographs of it right now, and I'm a big fan of you know architecture in Chicago and its unique design and look. And uh, if you've never taken a look at this uh, 
the the Marble Mansion, uh, uh, Marble Palace, rather. As the Marble called. Palace. Uh, it is. 17, 17 different types of marble from four different countries. Yeah. And every room is a masterpiece in itself. Yeah, that, and that's just the main hall. The, that, that's not the whole thing, but... Uh, right, right. If, if you're a fan of uh, architecture in Chicago, this is definitely uh, must see. And the uh, the anniversary is coming up. Uh, the uh, uh, big uh, birthday party. Tell us uh, what you've it got is. going on for for the 14th anniversary of the museum's opening. Well, um, in our in our young history, um, we finally acquired the building next door, the John B. Murphy Auditorium, Memorial Auditorium. And we are now currently integrating that building into the museum's activities and mission. And um, we that just happened early this year in January. And as we're preparing it for more activity, we're going to open those doors for the first time for one of our big celebrations, the 14th anniversary. And we're going to celebrate the way we do, which is by showcasing architectural and cultural gems of the period, which is Gilded Age and um, post-war period. Uh, But also, I mean, you do have, uh, you know, some things, not that there's anything wrong with just enjoying the uh the the architecture of it all but you're going to be showing a charlie chaplin film uh yeah i mean there's going to be there's going to be some some uh, entertainment kind of things also going on that's right so more specifically we'll have one of um the vintage cars from richard driehaus's collection um a 1927 pierce arrow runabout that will be um outside the museum for the community to enjoy and we will have some talks in the gallery about that car um, throughout the day. And then um, we will have a big celebration in the Murphy Auditorium with um, a celebration of a music form that developed during our time period, Ragtime. So Reginald Robinson, um, very um, amazing musician, local musician, who is a um, an award recipient of the John and Catherine T. MacArthur Award will be performing. Um, it's also a celebration of the 20th anniversary of his album, Man Out of Time. So there will be a ragtime performance and talk at 5.30 in the Murphy Auditorium. And then there will be a little break where we'll enjoy some of Bertha Palmer's brownies and some other treats. And then we will um, put up the... Um, 1916 Charlie Chaplin short comedic silent film The Rink and Reginald will play to that film. I th- I, I'm, I think that's uh, amazing. I don't know why lately I've been watching lots of silent films on my computer, you know, on YouTube, and just enjoying the amazing artistry of these early silent films. Many of which, yeah, to many do of that which are without voice. Yeah, I mean to to be so expressive and to tell such stories without. Uh, anything you know verbal uh, you know the except music is playing uh it was quite an art and people like charlie chaplin of course uh, did it and i've been watching a lot of buster keaton films uh many of which mm-hmm. are a uh, hundred years and older uh i i just think that's a wonderful addition to everything else that you've got uh going yeah, on yeah and all on. this all this spans our time period in the period of these two buildings, the yeah. Nickerson Mansion and the Murphy Auditorium. What are some of the the highlights of the collection at the, the Dree House Museum? 
Well, we, um, so our founder, Richard Driehaus, was um, an avid art collector of art from this time period, American and European art, and we are the grateful beneficiaries of some of that collection. And so throughout the house, people will see beautiful Tiffany lamps and vases and and chandeliers. Um, Some furniture that is original to the house are really pieces of art themselves. Um, is the, the is the floor, is the uh, the grand piano the Chickering and Sons mm-hmm. grand piano is that original to the house? It is not original to the house. There was a piano in that spot in the house. This was um, part of Richard Driehaus's collection that came to the museum. I see. I see. It's eighteen ninety five. Yeah. Um, beautiful satinwood piano that um, plays beautifully too. So. For those who are coming into the museum during the day um, or late afternoon <clears throat> on Saturday the 25th, there might be a little surprise that they will get to hear that piano ah, play. Very nice. Yeah, I was just looking. I'm looking at your website and you know some of the uh, collection highlights uh, that are at the Museum of Art and Furniture and you know things like that. And uh, you could spend a whole day in, in the museum. Uh, just in, enjoying uh, this amazing history that we've got here in Chicago that I, I bet a lot of people don't even know about. Yeah, that's right. And um, the second floor where the family's private bedrooms were are our galleries for special exhibitions that we bring through the museum. So there's there's lots to see. There is. So if people want to uh, come and enjoy uh, part of your birthday celebration, your anniversary uh, celebration. When is everything going on? How can people uh, get more information? So um, on the website, dreehousemuseum.org, um, we have tickets available. There's a special moment for members at 4 o'clock, um, a little reception and, and toast to our birthday with Reginald Robinson. And then the bigger celebration next door in the Murphy, the doors will open at 5 o'clock and it begins at 5.30. And should be finished up by about quarter to seven. Okay, and this is all going on um, on June 25th, right? On Saturday, June 25th. Okay. So the website, there are tickets available, and also through our social media channels, Facebook and um, Instagram, people can find links right there, too. Yeah, that's uh, it just all sounds wonderful. Uh, if you want to take a look at the website to get more information, but just to get an idea of uh, what the Driehaus Museum is about, it's a D R I E H A U S museum dot org museum dot org to get more information. What is the address of the museum exactly? We are at forty East Erie Street, um, right at Erie and Wabash. Very good. Well, it's really nice to talk to you and learning more. Uh, about the museum. I hope you have a wonderful celebration. Thank you so much for sharing well, that with thank us. thank you. We are very excited, and thank you for um, letting everybody know. We hope Chicago stops in. Anna Musi is the executive director of the Treehouse Museum in Chicago, celebrating their anniversary. Then a dream. 1037, Dean Richard, Sunday morning, WGN. That's a song from the uh, production Trevor the Musical. Uh, some of you will remember Trevor the Musical from Glencoe's Writers Theater back in 2017. That's where the uh, production actually first premiered. Uh, from there, it uh, you know told such a powerful story 
of uh, a young boy uh, searching for his own identity, uh, searching to be the the true person that he thought he was, and having to deal with a world that uh, may not have been quite ready for him. Uh, the show went to New York. Uh, the pandemic came along. Uh, so it didn't really get a, a full run in New York, but it's a, a powerful and very uplifting show that will is now headed for Disney Plus, the streaming platform, uh, starting on uh, the. Uh, do I have the date here in front of me? I don't, but we'll find out in a second. Uh, it, it is going to be on Disney Plus uh, starting next week. It's part of uh, uh, Pride Month. All written by uh, the 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 book, the words of the show, and the lyrics. Uh, all written by Dan Collins from Gray's Lake, who joins us on the phone line right now. Dan, welcome to WGN. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much. So nice to be here. So, uh, how did you even get started with this uh, whole project? Uh, well, we started, and, and by we, I just want to mention my uh, collaborator, Julianne Wick Davis, who is the composer on the project. Um, and we got started on this in um, 2014, which, of course, for a lot of reasons, seems like uh, many, many lifetimes ago these yeah, days. But that's um, for sure. <laughs> we, yeah, but we, um, we actually, there were a group of producers uh, at the time. It was uh, John Ambrosino, Josie Bray, and Mark Woods, and they had optioned the rights to the short film Trevor, which is... Um, which was a 1995 film that won the Academy Award that year, actually, for Best um, Short Film. And uh, they had optioned the rights and were just basically auditioning uh, different groups of writers. So we submitted some material. You know, we watched the film. It really resonated with us. We wrote, like, three songs, I think only one of which still exists in the show today. Um, and uh, we just went through a little bit of an audition pro- uh, process, um, that would probably have been a fun reality show, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and eventually we were we were chosen to come on board as the the writing team for the project, um, and then we developed it for a few years until the 2017 Writers Theater production, um, which was our first actual production with a, a cast, etc. Uh, Mark Bruni and Josh Prince came on board, who are the director and the choreographer, respectively, and. Um, and then eventually the producer, Roy Furman, came on board, who uh, was instrumental in bringing the production off-Broadway to New York and subsequently to, to Disney+, Plus, which was the big sort of surprise on top for, for everybody, the unexpected pivot. Yeah, that's, uh, that's got to be something. I mean, to have a, a project start off, uh, you know, as a local production, really, uh, and then you must have been thrilled when it went to New York. But now to be uh, debuting on Disney Plus, uh, which is going to be uh, June twenty fourth. By the way, we we got the date on that. It'll drop on right. Dis- Disney Plus on June twenty fourth. Uh, will be something and and really uh, kind of important too, uh, as kids are faced with bullying. Uh, kids are faced with all kinds of different challenges these days. If if they happen to feel different about themselves than the world perceives them or wants them to be. It's a powerful story to uh, pass on to kids. Yeah, thank you. I think so, too. I mean, it t- it, and it takes place in 1981, but it is still, you know, while the, while the technology around Trevor is a little bit different than it is for kids these days, it is, uh, it's unfortunately uh, still a message that, um, 
that people need to continue to hear. And so it's, it's really, really exciting that it's going to, I mean, it's beyond our wildest dreams that it would have ever, you know, of course you always dream when you're writing theater in New York, but um, it wasn't even in our ability to dream about the, uh, the Disney Plus uh, uh, filming. So that was, um, that was a really exciting process. And it was, it was a little wild because it was right during the Omicron surge. So um, it was, the, the coordination of it was, uh, it was suspenseful with uh, people testing and hoping that everyone stayed healthy so we could, we could get it on film. Yeah. Um, all of this inspired by the Trevor Project, which is uh, America's only accredited crisis intervention and suicide prevention organization for LGBTQ uh, plus uh, people. Uh, yes. so, which which remains uh, a problem today. You would think that we would have evolved a little bit, but uh, LGBTQ plus kids are are still uh, facing this internal crisis, uh, such such that they think about taking their own lives, and that's where the, yes. that's where the the Trevor Project uh, stepped in that inspired all of this in the first place, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was actually. So Trevor, the short film, uh, as I understand it, the legend, um, it came first and, of course, won the Academy Award. And then I believe it was HBO uh, that, um, uh, that aired it. And after, the, after they aired it on HBO, they just put up a number, you know, just kind of because, of course, this was before you could Google things or go on the Internet. So they just basically put up a number saying if this resonated with anyone or if anyone is struggling with these issues, call this number. And they got such an overwhelming response that that is eventually what, what uh, brought the, the filmmakers, who are uh, Celeste Lucene, uh, Peggy Reisky, and Randy Stone, mm. um, realized that, that they needed to create something, and that eventually became the Trevor Project, which now, I mean, I'm walking around New York right now, and every storefront has a, a rainbow, and proceeds are going to the Trevor Project, yeah. so it's incredible what, um, you know, it's become a, a really, really uh, big deal, and it does a lot of important work for a lot of yeah. people yeah i i see that all the time as well i didn't realize that I, th- I thought the trevor project came first and then the film but it was actually the other way around yeah, uh, very, yeah exactly very interesting yeah uh, mm-hmm. art, art inspiring life how about how about that exactly yeah that's i a, know <laughs> um so from from glencoe from the writer's theater uh, it was there that it, it went to new york and then covid sort of shut everything down Correct, yeah. I mean, it took a, a few years, as, as these development processes always do, between um, the Writers' Theater, which was 2017, and then initially our, our off-Broadway run was going to be in 2020. Um, so we, we did some work on the show, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, um, in we were supposed to premiere open in April of uh, 2020. And um, then in the middle of rehearsals in mid-March, we, we had to suspend rehearsals, and we said, oh, it's going to be a few weeks, you know, like, to just hold yeah. on. And, of course, that's what we, we all, all thought. That, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Famous yes. last words, that's what we all thought then, right? Exactly. And, and of course, with, it was a little bit uh, unique with our show because so much of the cast um, were, were young, were, were, were teenagers, and, and had to, you know, were reflecting a very specific time in life. So right. when we did come back in 2021, we actually had to... Um, uh, bitter, you know, heartbreakingly look for a new cast, but then also yeah. found a wonderful, mostly new. There were some people that returned, but we we had to find a mostly new cast, and that was the song you were playing was the wonderful Holden William Hagelberger, who plays the title role of uh, Trevor, both off Broadway and uh, on the subsequent Disney Plus filming. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the Disney Plus version uh, starting on January uh, on June uh, 24th. 
Uh, is there a plan at some point to bring this uh, back to uh, the stage? Uh, I mean, there's there's no specific plan. I think there's uh, there's hope, of course, to um, you know uh, myself, Julianne, uh, Mark Bruni, and Josh Prince are uh, it was just a great collaboration. We love working together, and we would love any opportunity to uh, to be able to to go in and and um, and work on the show again. And it's uh, we're also hopeful that just through the exposure of Disney Plus inspires. Um, you know, a lot of other people to want to sure. do their own productions, and and whether it be in schools or regional theaters, right. uh, we just we just hope it's all over the place. Well, uh, one of the uh, one of the authors of uh, both the book and lyric of Trevor the Musical, uh, Dan Collins, uh, and uh, I, and I didn't know that uh, you know that you were from the area, from from the Grays Lake area as well. So yes. nice. yeah, yeah. Nice local connection here as well. It was, yeah. And it, was, uh, it was a total coincidence that it ended up being in, in Glencoe, which was about 30 minutes away from where I grew up. But, you know, in my mind, that was kind of where, sort of the area where Trevor was living, too. We, we never say it explicitly, but, yeah, it was, it was a really nice, uh, nice treat to have that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you could join us today to talk about it. Me we, too. Again, we'll look forward to seeing Trevor the Musical on Disney Plus starting on June the 24th. Dan, I hope you have a great day today. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. 10.51, Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGM. Our Week in Theater segment continues. He's one of my favorite performers in the Chicago area, Donica Lynn. Seen her uh, so many times and enjoyed her. Here she is. Listen to her killing that Aretha Franklin song right there. Oh, man. Sounded so good. At uh, an Aretha Franklin live in concert uh, tribute that was done for Artist Lounge Live. Uh, Donica is one of the performers and also a board member for Season of Concern, putting on a one night only benefit uh, here in the Chicago area a week from tomorrow, Monday, June 27th, at Victory Gardens Theater. It's going to be a one night only performance called Jerry's Girls, featuring the music and lyrics of the great and legendary Jerry Herman. And it's a pleasure to welcome the great and legendary Donica Lynn to our program this morning. Hello, Donica. How are you? Hi, Dean. How are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. It's great. And you are so biased. You're so biased. I am completely biased <laughs> when it comes to you. I'm not even going to try to lie that uh, you you can do no wrong in my book, but... I have I have I have yet to hear a performance that is anything less than spectacular from you. Uh, I've uh, you know lucky enough to have you know gotten to know you a little bit and know your story uh, and yeah. know, know what a remarkable person that you are. And I'm not one bit surprised to learn that you're part of this uh, special performance that's uh, going to be coming up. Tell us a little bit about Jerry's Girls. So. Jerry's Girls, of course, as you said, um, was created, of course, um, way back in 1981. Um, and it is uh, basically a collaboration of Jerry Herman and Larry Alford uh, coming together and putting together what was essentially a cabaret at that time um, that featured Carol Channing and uh, um, Andrew McCurdle and Leslie Uggams and a bunch of songs from Hello Dolly, Mame, Mac and Mabel. And uh, they brought together these wonderful, wonderful 
artisans of music to sing these songs that told stories from those shows, but then put them together and said, hey, we're going to tell these songs, tell these stories in another way so that people can see them through a different lens. And these women told these stories and they got together and it went to Broadway. And then ultimately new people filtered in and then Cheetah Rivera came in and it turned into this beautiful kamikaze of work that has been revived over and over and over again. And on the 27th of June, which also happens to be my birthday, oh. I get a chance to come together with this kamikaze of wonderful, amazing women and you know, sing some songs, featuring some songs from this show to do good work for a wonderful cause, which I believe in, which has helped the theatrical community. The way this particular piece helps people see themselves um, through a different lens, the way Season of Concern helps people when they need help. Yeah, I mean, number one, this is going to be an amazing performance, an all-star Chicago cast of uh, not only Donica, but uh, Lydia Burke and Sandra Delgado, Mary Robin Ross, uh, Roth and Missy Wise singing yeah. these classic and, and wonderful songs, all benefiting Season of Concern that has expanded uh, its wings uh, to provide help to uh, theater performers, people in the theater community who have been impacted by illness or injury or whatever circumstances that are, are keeping them uh, from working. Uh, so it's it's a, a selfless, uh, wonderful, wonderful cause. And good for you for, for helping out. I, I know you've been there, and you know what it's like to need uh, a little bit of help. I do. I um, I actually I tend to say, and I even long before I you know knew exactly what season of concern was capable of, and we have a new fund that was started you know when COVID impacted the world, the Ewing Fund. Um, uh, I always say that, and I've been saying I've been championing for them long before I became a board member. You know, saying that you know they're a hand to hold or a shoulder to lean on, but never a crutch. Right. They'll be there when you need them for as long as you need them, but they'll lift you up, but they won't always be there for you um, to, to just stand on. They'll help you stand up, but then you'll be able to continue to stand on your own. Yeah, it's a, a, a great, great cause, uh, but it is uh, going to be a wonderful night of entertainment. Jerry's Girls at Victory Gardens, uh, 2433 North Lincoln you can get tickets at seasonofconcern.org. Donica, it's wonderful to hear your voice, and I hope I can get to see you in person sometime soon. You will. Uh, we we have the AIDS walk run, and I will be out there singing. Hopefully there will be no rain this year. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I will be out there I look for, um, for look, that. I look forward yeah, to I'll see seeing, you then. You, seeing you then. And then Monday, June 27th for Jerry's Girls. Donica Lynn joining us this morning. we got that super hot weather coming back again. Yes, we do. I've been enjoying having the windows open. In the 90s. Nice, cool breeze. Oh, last night was beautiful. Yeah. Yesterday was beautiful, even though it was a little chilly in the sun. Out of still the sun. Just out, out, of, yeah, out, right, of, out of the sun. Hello. Ask Andy. Ask Andy if it yes. was cool in the sun. Yes. Ask Mr. Sunburn. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the warmer temperature so I can go out and work on my tan a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
As we're now calling them aloe vera maser. <laughs> SPF 6,000, please. <laughs> you don't sound sunburned. No, I don't feel sunburned. But I yes, I actually I do. I don't know what sunburn sounds like, but you don't sound like you're in throbbing pain right now. No, it's not uh, not too bad. I put a little uh, lotion on there this morning. and uh, Did Shwani rub your back? You know, he wouldn't. I came in with the lotion no. expecting. but emphatically. Uh, yeah. Shwani, no. will you put lotion on my back? No. <laughs> That'll be a new level of our... I've known you for 40 years. That will be a new level. Yes, it would be. I come in in one morning and ask you to put suntan lotion. Before we start the show... Before we start... You know, sometimes the sun comes through the window, which you like. <laughs> and I'm dressed up like the copper tone little kid, little kid uh, with the with the diaper. <laughs> well, Tan, don't f- burn. Few Get more a years. Few more tan. years. I will it be in the diaper. <laughs> That's nice. You said it. I didn't. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, what do we have? Oh, we have the new kids on the block uh, coming up in just a minute, and uh, oh, also. Uh, this may be my last week on the show because it's ever, uh, ever, uh, because I really, may, yeah, I mean, really, I may be winning a multi-million dollar lawsuit uh, pretty soon. Let me tell you all about this in a moment. Shawnee, who is the singing? One week's paycheck if you could tell me who's singing the song. Is it J-Lo? It's J-Lo. Okay, thanks, Andy. Yeah, it's J-Lo. Andy clued me I, I in. Knew somebody, I knew somebody. <laughs> Andy's looking for half the cash on the bed. I may be suing uh, Jennifer Lopez. I'm not sure yet. See, I told you it was... This was the... And I, I think I know why. Why? Was it because of the interview you did? And uh, What do you mean? Was it someone several years ago you were doing an interview with and they didn't particularly like what you were asking them and the satellite went blank? Remember when we were oh, talking no, about that? Oh, that was Selena Gomez. Oh, that was Selena Gomez. Okay. That was, right. that was Selena Gomez. Okay. And my long list of people who didn't like questions I was yes, asking. Yes, right. <laughs> oh, this journalism. It's so crazy. <laughs> Asking legitimate questions can be so troubling sometimes. Yes, yes. No, I never had any trouble with uh, J-Lo. Uh, well, un- <laughs> until now. Until now. Until, until recently, maybe. Uh, I'm, I'm not even sure yet. This week, Jennifer Lopez has a new documentary that just came out that's called Halftime. And it's a very interesting look at kind of like the behind-the-scenes life of Jennifer Lopez when she did the Super Bowl. Remember a couple of years ago, she did the Super Bowl halftime show with Shakira, and she talks about what that was like. But she talks about it's kind of like the behind-the-scenes of her uh, acting career, her music career, her business uh, life. Very interesting look. And also, when she did not get nominated for an Academy Award for uh, the movie that she was in called Hustle. And she was very good in that movie. And everyone thought that she might get nominated for an Academy Award, but she did not. And that's covered in this movie. Uh, And, you know, so they, they show the morning when the nominations were announced. Listen to this and tell me if... The person announcing the Academy Award nominations in the Jennifer Lopez documentary reminds you of anybody. 
Monday morning, we have the Oscar nominations. Are you going to try to be up, or are you just, like, trying to see, have it come when it comes? No, 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 no. I don't, I don't, I don't, no. <laughs> no. Call me when it's over. The nominees for the 92nd Academy Awards were announced this morning. For Best Supporting Actress, the nominees are Laura Dern in A Marriage Story, Scarlett Johansson for Jojo Rabbit, and Margot Robbie in Bombshell, Florence Pugh in Little Women, and Kathy Bates in Richard Jewell. Now, if I didn't know better, I would say that's me. That is me. <laughs> that's you. I, I would say that because it is me. <laughs> that's me. They put, they put a clip of me in the Jennifer Lopez I've never heard you this excited before. Well, I'm you've the, never heard your voice raised to that level. <laughs> it did go up a few octaves. Yeah, it did. Well, that's because one, you know, I was surprised that a cl- one of the clip from our TV morning show got used in the Jennifer Lopez documentary. I guess that's nice. Uh, but also, it's kind of the shock that nobody asked us if they could use a clip. They just lifted it from the morning show. There's no credit for it. There's no thanks for it. There's no. It's just there. Hmm. And I don't know if they know that they took the voice of Victory Auto Records and used it in there. <laughs> Did you think they might have edited am, out that old car is worth money? I am very sought after. <laughs> that old clip is worth some money for <laughs> junkyard commercials. Uh, you can't just use my voice without permission because I'm the voice of Victory Auto Wreckers. <laughs> I'm just shocked. I'm a little shocked. I, w- I was a little shocked. I guess I'm a little. Fl- I'm partially flattered. How did this come to your attention? Because all of a sudden this week, I got bombarded with people sending me emails saying, "Hey, you're in the Jennifer Lopez documentary," and I thought mm, it must wow. just, it must be somebody who sounds like me. But I, I put it on. You listen to that repeatedly. It's and... me. <laughs> can practically see the door falling off that car <laughs> when you hear my voice. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know uh, if I have to call. What are those TV attorneys that... Uh, they, they, you learner and somebody learner, there. Learner yeah, and low. got the one for you. yeah. Um. Yeah. So this may be my last week if I win a multi-million-dollar lawsuit from this. Well, the next question becomes: Is are you going to help your friends if you win? Yeah, I'll help Andy. Yes. <laughs> this is the same reason why I wasn't invited to Dan Rohn's retirement party a few weeks ago, right? Same reason you wanted to tie me to the back of a boat you were on yesterday. <laughs> As you were trying to heat an original rainbow cone, right. bouncing up and down out I of the just, water. I just didn't want to spill the ice cream. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I am going to inquire about it. Of Well, I think you should. Yeah. Isn't that weird, though? It is. Isn't that weird? It is. Could have chosen any voice in America. Lots of people were announcing the Academy Award nominations that day. They chose the voice of Victory Auto Records. <laughs> <laughs> that old car may be worth money. <laughs> and again, you're hoping that that old that clip is, clip worth, is some worth some money now. Yeah, we'll see. Come on. We'll see. So, um, Shwani, Keep us posted on this. Yes, of course, I, if you're not here next week, we'll know you'll why. You'll know what happened. Yeah. yeah, you'll know what happened. 
Um, 20, uh, give me the name of two members of New Kids on the Block. Oh, New Kids on the Block? Why, sure. They're a boy band, Twenty. just in case you don't know. Wally Cleaver. <laughs> Eddie Haskell. And Eddie Haskell. They Eddie were the Haskell. new kids on the block. They were the kids down the block. Yeah. Yeah. That's as good as I can do. <laughs> do you know any of their songs? I don't think so. The new kids on the block? I, If you would play a clip, it was I probably the, would be... It was from the 80s. Familiar. You would know their songs if I played their clips, because... I mean, they they were, at one time, one of the biggest bands in the world. They were. Yeah. Andy, you must have played their songs as a young DJ. Yeah, I think we played uh, the right stuff quite uh, a bit. Uh, yeah. Uh, da, da, dun, 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 dun. yeah. Uh, and Hang Tough. I mean, they, they had Hang quite, tough, yeah. quite a few songs. Um, they were in St. Charles yesterday. They put their hands in the cement uh, on the Walk of Fame at the Wahlburgers restaurant in uh, Schaumburg. And I was out there to cover the whole thing and uh, had a nice chat with the new kids on the block, Beaver, Wally, and Eddie Haskell. <laughs> Talked to all three of them. <laughs> we'll have that coming up next. Back in the day, boy bands were all the rage. 80s and 90s in particular, but it's still going strong for boy bands with the Korean supergroup BTS uh, right now. But uh, back then it was NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and Boys to Men and Menudo. Remember in Menudo with Ricky Martin? Uh, maybe one of the biggest of them all, New Kids on the Block with uh, songs like this one. They've got the right stuff. Please don't go. I'll be loving you. Bring back the time. Step by step. Many, 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 many others uh, over the years. Uh, They just did two uh, sold-out shows at the Allstate Arena, uh, along with Rick Astley, the never-going-to-give-you-up guy, and uh, salt and Peppa and In Vogue. They're touring around called the Mixtape Tour. While they were in town, the new kids on the block made their way over to the Wahlburgers restaurant in St. Charles. That's the restaurant uh, chain that's owned by one of the members of New Kids on the Block, Donnie Wahlberg. He owns it with his brother, Mark Wahlberg, and his uh, brother, Paul, uh, as well. And uh, they have restaurants all over the country. Uh, they All the New Kids on the Block came out to the restaurant yesterday to put their hands in their walk of fame. They had wet cement, you know, out in front of the restaurant. They did their handprints in the uh, cement and signed their names. It'll be there now uh, for eternity. And uh, about 500 fans packed the parking lot out of Randall Road. And uh, I think the cross street was St. Charles. Randall Road in St. Charles, I believe, is where it was in St. Charles. And uh, the fans uh, still love the new kids on the block. Uh, they were so enthusiastic. It was really fun. The fans were there to see their, uh, you know, their, their, their favorite singers, their, their childhood crushes. And uh, the guys in the band couldn't have been nicer to the crowd. Uh, we had an opportunity after the ceremony took place to go inside the restaurant and actually talk with the guys who also just can't be nicer. I mean, I've gotten to know Donnie Wahlberg a little bit uh, from when they were doing the groundbreaking on this restaurant, and we've done a couple of interviews with him uh, since then. We've talked with him, I don't know, three, five times, something like that. 
uh, just these guys, despite all of their success, could not be nicer. And uh, it was a pleasure to uh, chat with, starting off here with uh, Donnie Wahlberg, new kids on the block. How does it feel now? Your your hands are still full of cement after all of this. What's the feeling like? Feels good. My hand is sticky, but uh, you know we got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and we got a star in a Boston Walk of Fame. Um, that's probably the inspiration for this, but uh, this feels really nice. It's um, it's been a long time coming. You you remember we were here during the pandemic trying to open this place, and uh, who knew if we would ever even get the doors open? Never mind, be able to see a moment like this happen, um, and to do this with my guys. Um, you know we've been through. 30, over 30, almost 40 years together. Um, And to share little moments like this, no matter how little they may seem to the outside world, they're very special to us. You know, when it has some personal stake for any of us, it means so much more than any acknowledgement we can get on a personal scale. So what what does it mean to be here in St. Charles supporting uh, Donnie and the family? Uh, It feels great. I think it's, uh, it's a Again, I said outside, but, you know, it started with him falling in love with a, a girl from Chicago. And Jenny's a great, awesome, like, sister to us. And so it's nice, you know. Uh, it, Donnie means a lot to us, and this place means a lot to Donnie. So we're excited to be here. And so Wahlburgers is the best. Yeah. What does it mean to you guys to be in Chicago? What, what, what does the Chicago area mean to you? Um... Well, Danny last night at the show said, you know, Chicago is like a second home to us. And it really is. It's like the energy here, I don't even know if it can, it comes pretty close to Boston. And um, just the the energy when we come to Chicago, like the fans are so enthusiastic and since day one have always supported us. So whenever we come back, it's kind of like we're going to Chicago, it's going to be awesome. But then when we get here, it's like... It's even, we're, we're just so surprised at the enthusiasm of the fans each and every time. So, I don't know, man. Chicago's special to us. Yeah. Were, you, were you surprised to see so many people out here in the parking lot? Some people, I'm told, were here last night waiting to, so they could be up front. Yeah, I was really surprised. I mean, you never know what to expect. You're coming to an event like this and seemed kind of old school like when we used to do stuff at malls and stuff like that so people were all lined up and excited and we didn't really do much we just came out and put our hands in cement but it's um pretty awesome to be here supporting donnie but also now we have something permanent here you know so i feel pretty honored that to be here and i noticed uh, when everyone was doing their hands and signing in the cement you are definitely the most artistic uh, and uh, you you erased something and then started over. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. The cement was a little wet. It wasn't set up enough. Uh, it was kind of hard to sign it when it was wet. So I'm a perfectionist, and but you know what? It's done, and I am just so happy to support this guy. Um, it's so great. Everything. <laughs> gonna cry. I'm, I'm so proud of you. That's that's all I got to say. I am very proud of you. And it is such an honor to now have us be a part of this venture. Yeah, so there is uh, John uh, talking about all of them. Their, their affection for each other is uh, just so obvious in their uh, brotherhood and their, and their chemistry. 
Um, pleasure to uh, chat with them. We'll have much more with them tomorrow morning on uh, WGN TV Morning News. So, Shwani, we've got that was John, who we just heard of, Jonathan Knight. Okay. Um, we have uh, Jordan Knight, who is also in the band, of course. Are they brothers? They are brothers. Okay. We have uh, Joey McIntyre, who's in the band. Okay. Dan- Danny Wood is in the band. And Donnie Wahlberg. Now, Danny, Donnie and Wahlberg, me. I knew that name. And me. And I'm, now you. I'm now known as the sixth new kid on the, on the block. <laughs> <laughs> like Murray the K was the fifth Beatle. I'm the, I'm the sixth new kid. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, Wally Beaver. And Wally. Eddie Haskell. And Johnny Paul Jason, who was Opie's best friend. Oh, my gosh. You Gotta are, bring him in, too. Woo, you are digging deep today. <laughs> you are very well-traveled. You've been to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also love music of all kinds. Mm-hmm. Long, I don't have any new kids on the block record. As long so. as that doesn't go past 1967. You 68. Love 68. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much cut off at Abraham, Martin, and John for him. <laughs> music pretty much ended there. No, actually, it was uh, Sugar Sugar by the Archies. By the Archies. That was 1969. Well, even still, though, uh, the, my question is still valid here. Have you ever been... To Elvis's Graceland Mansion? No, I haven't. I have not been there. I have friends that have been there, and uh, you know, of course, if I was in Memphis, I would certainly uh, go to Graceland. I would also want to go, as I was talking to you the other day, Sun about Studios. the Sun Record Studios. Yeah, Sun that's Studios. what I want to see. Yeah, that's still there. Did you go? I didn't go this time because I've gone before, and I was a busy. You know, I, uh, that's where I was last weekend. I was at. Uh, uh, I was in Memphis. Memphis. Was in Memphis. Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and uh, staying at uh, on the grounds at Graceland Mansion. Now, it's not the last time that I was there. It's got to be over 20 years ago. It was just the mansion. There was mansion and a bunch of cheesy little gift shops. Mm-hmm. And all, mm-hmm. the, all the cheesy gift shops are gone now. And it's the mansion, and they built a resort uh, on, the oh, pro- really? on the property. So I was staying at the graceland uh guest house is what it's called the graceland guest house and it's spectacular uh and they have built museums and different exhibits and things to do uh elvis memorabilia you can still tour the mansion uh so i mean they're they're trying to make it like an elvis disneyland uh, there you know with people uh, you know coming to visit they it, 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 and i didn't even see everything in addition I was there to do interviews for this uh, new Elvis Presley movie as well. I got the impression that you were actually staying in Elvis's house when I was listening to you on <laughs> in the morning show. You, you were there at the house. Well, I you was. Were, you were at the guest bedroom down the hall from yeah, where no, Elvis was. I was not. I was not uh, allowed in the house. <laughs> they, they heard about me last time. I'm, yeah, they did not allow you in they the They have house. big pictures of me at the house with a red line through my face to, <laughs> to not let me in. It's not Elvis has left the building. It is Dean, Dean has left yeah, the building. Building. Well, they, and will not return. They could not. the The people with uh, you know the run Graceland Enterprises is what it's called. Uh, they couldn't be any nicer and uh, more hospitable. You don't go. You don't go up into the second floor. That's where Elvis and his family live. Right. Right. None, none of the family lives there anymore. But you still don't go up into the uh, second floor. But you can fully tour the, the the first floor and the safari room, the jungle room, and you know all that. But there's so many other things to do now. But I did do, I was, do, I was doing, uh, you know, live reports for WGN television 
last Monday morning from right in front of Graceland Mansion, five, six, seven, you know, eight o'clock in the morning. I'm in Graceland by myself. I'm in the so that's what you were saying. Well, I was. I wasn't in the house, but I was out in front of the house all morning long, all by myself. That had to have been. It was cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool and uh, and a little emotional, I have to say, Mm -hmm. because right in back of the house is what they call the meditation garden. Yeah, you were talking about that. Yes, that's where Elvis is laid to rest, Mm -hmm. and his uh, parents and his grandmother. A brother that died in childbirth, birth, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, or his infancy, I should say. Died, died, well, died at childbirth. Yeah. Died, died at childbirth. Elvis was supposed to have been a twin. Uh, and uh, his remains are also uh, in the backyard, in the meditation garden. And also, Elvis's, would have been Elvis's grandson, Lisa Marie's son, who took his own life a couple of years ago. He is also interned in the uh, meditation garden in the back so you know between my segments i i'm just walking around graceland like i own the place <laughs> I, walk, <laughs> I can get a peanut butter and a banana sandwich uh, somebody <laughs> somebody walks by on the sidewalk and can i help you <laughs> you know what you want you walk around like you know what you're doing <laughs> nobody says anything to you you act like you own the place and nobody stops you <laughs> So, no, I was being very respectful, and I, but I did go back to the meditation garden, and I'm back there by myself now, you know, at Elvis's grave and the graves of all, all the other family members that are interred back there. Uh, and it, it really was wow. quite, quite something. It after, would be. After several days of fully ensconcing myself in Elvis-dom at some of the museums and exhibits and had interviewed uh, the cast of this new movie uh, that's called Elvis. The movie is called Elvis that opens next Friday. So let me take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to share my interviews that I did. I, did, I interviewed the whole cast, but today I'll, I'm going to share my interviews with Mr. Tom Hanks, who plays Colonel Tom Parker in the movie, and uh, this uh, young actor by the name of Austin Butler, who will electrify you when you see him in this movie taking on the role of Elvis Presley. That's all coming up next. It's 11.44. This is Dean Richards. Sunday morning, WGN, fresh from Graceland, where I talked with the cast of this new movie, Elvis. Opens next Friday, directed by Baz Luhrmann, which gives it this uh, style, this uh, cool uh, visual look and feel, which I loved. Uh, also stars Tom Hanks as Colonel Tom Parker. The movie is about the relationship, really, between Colonel Tom and Elvis Presley, who is played by uh, this young actor named Austin Butler, who more than any other actor or Elvis impersonator I think I've ever seen, uh, captures the, uh, the essence of Elvis Presley. His performances are nothing short of electric and just completely touches uh, your soul. Something that uh, we chatted about when I sat down with uh, young Austin Butler. I mean, I'm glad you talk about the soul because that, that was the core of it all for me. It was it was that so many people have an idea of Elvis or they revere him as a godlike figure or as a Halloween costume. Or There's all this kind of all this noise. And the fascinating thing that that I was most drawn to was who is he when nobody's looking and 
who what what does it feel like being inside of him you know like what does it feel like looking out of his eyes and experiencing that world um and so for me it was thankfully I had a long time so I, I had a year and a half before we started shooting and uh I, I also just I felt such a responsibility to his family you know and, and to him and so it was I didn't want to feel like I was stepping up into his shoes and then going back down and so it was it was just I try to just live yeah. with it as much as possible. Uh, when you're performing, I guess you you sing all the all the early yeah. Elvis songs, but then still have to perform the later ones yeah. to, to tracks. Yeah. It looks like you go somewhere else. It looks it it looks like a you go to a different dimension or something. Am I? That's what it felt. Am like. I projecting something no, crazy on you yeah, here? That's what it felt like. It was uh, it was. Yeah, it, it's it's such a spiritual experience, really. It, it, um, I'm just I feel so fortunate that I got to. I didn't know what that w- would feel like, and it was beyond w- w- what I could ever describe. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty moving last night at the Graceland premiere. Oh yeah, uh, Priscilla and uh, everybody was there, but mm-hmm. Priscilla and Lisa Marie both specifically talked about you, and who would know better who captured this yeah. than them? What the, what does getting there? Endorsement, I guess you might say, mean to you. It is everything to me. It really, it really is. I, I want everybody to like the film. I, I and I, I want all of those incredible Elvis fans to to feel like we did him justice and to love it and feel excited. And um, but at the end of the day, he was a father and he was a husband, and it's about them for me. So, and and I mean. Yeah, I can't even... I, I've been trying to articulate it, but it, it just... I think it's going to take me some time to process because mm-hmm. it means so much to me. Could you relate to this in some way? I mean, a mm-hmm. young performer, like Elvis was a young performer, about to explode on the scene. You're about to explode on the scene. Probably already have exploded with all the pre-publicity on this. But in, in some ways, can you relate to what Elvis must have gone through as a young man, personally? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like he's he's still teaching me so much because I there's so so many of those even little quotes that he would say or that sort of thing that will hit me and uh, and you know after after days where you're on a red carpet and you're here and you're there and, and there's so much noise and then suddenly at the end of the day you close the door of your hotel room and it's silent and you just your mind sort of spinning and um, I could see how if you don't stay grounded that it. You, you end up like that that bird that doesn't have any legs to stand on, you know. And uh, so for me, I'm I'm, yeah, I'm learning a lot through the process of just yeah. trying to figure out the ways of staying grounded. The other thing that really got me was uh, you you were not doing an Elvis impersonation like a lot of people do. You know, do that voice that everybody yeah. does or the moves that everybody does. Yeah. Uh, how, how did you make your choices and the voice, the movements, the quirks? Things like that. It was. It was all. I mean, he was the Bible for me. I, like, yeah, it was all going back to every interview that he gave and and uh, every bit of footage that there is of him speaking and performing and hanging out at, at home, you know, and, and all those little things. And I, I would find these things that were very true, or, or things that I loved about him that I go, oh, he makes that little noise. I love that he does that. It's it's those little things that. I'm sure certain people wouldn't even notice or, or they wouldn't realize that they are of him. And, and that's what really hit me. Like when Priscilla and Lisa Marie said, 
I heard that little noise that you made that was just what I used to hear him do. And, like, that just gives me chills. I'm, I'm, uh, so it was, it was all those little things and, and how it just fits together into the tapestry of this human being. Yeah. Yeah, wait until you see his performance. Austin Butler is his name. Uh, and he, he sings all of the early Elvis music. Uh, I would say about the 1970s or so, they start using Elvis, actual Elvis music that he, you know, lip syncs to. And other Elvis uh, singers uh, that he lip syncs to. But uh, this young man's performance is uh, just completely electrifying. Uh, I'd be really curious to hear some of your opinions when the movie Elvis comes out uh, next week. In a minute, uh, we'll talk with his co-star, two-time Academy Award winner, and our old pal, Mr. Tom Hanks, who plays Colonel Tom in the movie. Next. Our Dean's List Day List interviews this week, sponsored by Chicago Symphony Orchestra's Star Wars in Concert. Two-time Academy Award winner Tom Hanks taking on the role of Colonel Tom Parker in this movie. Not an easy task, because there really is not very uh, much to go by playing Colonel Tom. He didn't interview very often, something that our old pal Tom Hanks told us about. There are there are two key pieces that I use over and over. But you're right. There's very very little bona fide sit down interview with him. One was an audio tape of a uh, interview he did, protracted interview he did like in 1956. Well, the guy just was asking the most standard question: How come Elvis isn't on TV? And what how does he spend doing spending his money? And do you think he's like sexy like Marilyn Monroe is sexy? Actually, questions about a guy that. The interview E, Colonel Tom Parker, knew was going to be one of the greatest artists of the 20th century. And so he's kind of like giving this kind of like primer to this guy of why Elvis isn't on TV anymore for free. You know, it, says, it even says he could go on TV if they want to pay what Elvis is worth. Yeah. And my, my boy is not worth four hundred dollars to yeah, be on scale. You know, yeah, right. no, he yeah. ain't worth that. Yeah. If they want to pay ten thousand dollars, they can have my boy. And then there's another one on the tenth anniversary of Elvis's death on Ted Koppel on Nightline, in which he just lays out, and if you read between the lines, you hear every every beat of the diabolical genius that Colonel Tom Parker The was. diabolical genius, but also sort of in and out of his accent, in and out of some of the mannerisms that you clearly picked up on and uh, brought to life. Well, he was from Holland. Yeah. As Baz Luhrmann said the very first time I met him, he wasn't a colonel, he wasn't a Tom, he wasn't even a Parker. <laughs> his real name was Andreas yeah. Van Kuyk, Yeah, something like that. So there was, there was this um, um, moment of discovery because uh, 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 I said, look, Baz, no one has bothered with the Colonel Tom Parker angle on this. The, the standard story of Elvis is, we've seen it, you know, the rise to riches yeah. and that he's huge and he makes movies that are dissatisfying. He comes back briefly and then gains a lot of weight, shoots a TV and dies in Las Vegas somewhere. Um, and that, as, as, uh, as, you know, as, as Baz says, the very first lines of this film are going to be the Colonel saying, I didn't kill him. Uh, as soon as I heard that, I said, this is new turf. I'm in. What does the colonel look like, by the way? And then I saw, I said, oh, I'm going to yeah. be in the makeup chair for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you relate to uh, Elvis dealing with his fame? You are one of the most recognizable people on the planet. How, uh, does that what? give you a perspective in, to what Elvis must have gone through? I think... It, 
Abs- well, I would like to say yes, because, you know, I understand, you know, the at the end of the day, celebrity is not really good for the human psyche. You know, that type of white hot spotlight of attention is fun and exciting for a while. Then after, you know, if you're if you're enough of a conscientious human being with a bigger life than just what you do for a living, you can come around and understand like at the end of the day it's kind of a racket. As as Priscilla and Jerry Schilling uh, of the Memphis Mafia ex- explained to me, and I, I could see it quite plainly, um, Elvis did not feel alive unless he was singing music, mm-hmm. and even more importantly, singing music to uh, a, an audience. And that's why that's why it's Elvis. Yeah, right. And for anybody, I think anybody who has you know bigger parts of their lives when they're sort of like wrestling with what the reality is of what one does with one's energy and attention I get that I think one of the the most magnificent scenes is the movies when he says you know I'm so tired of playing Elvis Presley I think there are times when almost anybody in the public eye has to come around and say man I wish I could just be myself we'll have much more with Tom Hanks on the WGN TV morning news this week the movie Elvis opens this coming Friday all my troubles seem so far away say hello and happy birthday to an 80 year old man right here this guy's singing not me won't be long though (laughs) tell me believe it? Paul McCartney is 80, 80 years old. Wow. can't believe it. There's a shadow hanging over I, I always laugh whenever I hear the song when I'm 64 that he did. I know. Yes. <laughs> Seems like a memory. Like, I bet he wishes he was 64 now. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. Please don't need me when I wish I was 64. <laughs> and uh, a proud uh, dad to uh, many very successful kids uh, have you looked on the social media this morning i know you're busy hanging on our every word here on this program uh people have uh there have been studies that have shown uh that facebook twitter and instagram practically drops to nothing when our show is on mm-hmm. did you know that because people are hanging on our every word they don't have time to be on the social media yeah but it's what they say afterward <laughs> but they're just as mean. They're just as mean about our show as they are about, about social media. They're just gearing up. <laughs> they're saving up, saving up their mean comments for us, for us later on. Uh, social media is just obviously today filled with uh, you know comments about dads, people posting pictures of their dads. Uh, you know, my dad, you know, in some cases, uh, dads who have uh, passed on, some cases, uh, you know, looking forward to. But I mean, what a lot of people are doing, they're kind of talking about uh, things, uh, things their dads did, you know, characteristics of their dads that they will always uh, remember. Uh, like uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'm, I, I just want I just want a half an hour of talking about your dads out there, and things that you remember about your dads. Things you know, positive memories, things that your dad did or does. Uh, that's what I want to get into uh, right now. For example, like my dad, for example, took us everywhere. Hmm. We, we went to every museum. We went to every you know any it, like. Any kids thing, our, our dad, no matter what else he had to do, plopped us into his 59 Chevy Biscayne 
Oh, nice car. Oh, with the giant fins yeah. on it? Yeah. With the giant fins? Two and a half miles a gallon. Oh. <laughs> you can't... <laughs> Did I, did I ever tell you the when time? When gas was 20 cents. Right. What, the, the time that I decided to wash my dad's car. Oh, with yes. the mud? With mud. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought it would be nice. And you wonder why he was yelling all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why <laughs> I am the way I am today. <laughs> there are many reasons I why. thought it would look nice on the car. <laughs> I didn't know. A brand new car. 59. Oh, he loved his, he loved his, uh, big, you know, those cars that could seat like 20 people. We had a 1960 Oldsmobile Dynamic oh, 88. Good. Hello. Right there. Wow. Yeah. See, right. Those are those big old gigantic cars. the car that I learned to drive in, that 59 uh, Chevy Biscayne. Um, he would load us, load us. He, he would not only take us, his own kids, like, you know, we could all bring a couple of friends with us. Cause you oh, could, yeah. Because you could see 20 you people in the car. In. <laughs> and, of course, nobody was in a seat no, belt. No, I was going to say, there no seat belts. There, there were no seat belts in those cars, and kids were in the back window. Kids, kids, were, <laughs> kids were everywhere in that car. <laughs> Laying on that, <laughs> on that, that little rack that back rack there, there <laughs> whatever shelf. Yeah, yeah. It didn't matter if it was unsafe <laughs> and a kid could go flying out the window. <laughs> crouched on the floor crouched on the floor everywhere and you know because you know we were four brothers of course somebody was always getting noogies (laughs) somebody was i mean when i say somebody i mean me yeah uh i was the youngest the uh you know somebody there's always punching there was always pinching uh, there was always, uh, don't make me stop this car. I was going to say, there had to have been the don't make me stop this car. Oh, we didn't go any place. And more than once. We didn't go two blocks in that car before <laughs> my dad would stop and go, don't make me turn this car around. That was, that was standard feature. That's like a seatbelt alarm in a car now. You know, when you get in the car and you don't put your seatbelt. You seat don't belt, put the, the, the bell goes off. Yeah, that was my dad, don't make me turn this car around. That was like within two blocks, that alarm was going to go off. But anyway, my point was, he would, like, I don't know how many times we went to the Museum of Science and Industry, because, you know, we lived on the south side, so it was easy to go there. Uh, but we loved it. And th- this poor guy, my dad, was in the middle of the winter. He's holding everybody's coats so we could run around like maniacs in the museum. That's th- These are the kinds of things that I remember about my dad. How about you, Andy? Do you have something like that? Yeah, uh, my dad was always there. And still is always there for any event that we would have. Uh, my brother and I were pl- playing sports or, or assemblies at school or whatever. He was always uh, making time to get there and nice. trying to uh, to be supportive in, in that realm. And, you know, he was a, a friend to a lot of my friends because, you know, through baseball and, and Little League and, you know, I'll, I'll catch up with an old friend uh, from, from kindergarten or first grade or second grade. The first thing I'll ask is, hey, how's your dad? How's your mom? You know, those kind of things. And uh, he... Just a you know a, f- a fun guy to be around. Yeah. Similarly, my my dad. When I talk to my friends now, that really I've known literally all my life. You know, they'll always talk. Remember when your dad did this? Remember mm-hmm. when your dad did that? That's a nice feeling. When, oh yeah. When people have a nice memory of your parents. Absolutely. You know that way. Schwani, uh, everybody raves about your dad, Paul Schwan. Are you kidding me? 
Yes, and they did, uh, you know, long ago also, uh, because he was a friend to uh, my friends in the neighborhood where I grew up and was, what you just said, Andy, always there at school things that uh, we would participate in. Um, he belonged to some community service organizations in Highland, uh, the Lions Club. He uh, was with them for some time and um, did, uh, you know, was... a he showed up. I, I I remember him missing two days of work, and hmm. because he was very fortunate with good health, you know he wasn't sick all that often. But right. there were two days that I recall where he said, "I'm staying home. I think it's best that I, you know, get some rest." Yeah. But you and, ba- and back then, uh, that generation didn't take sick days no unless they were really sick. unless they were really sick yeah. yes right. yeah the other thing i remember of many things you know, we could talk about traveling all day we did this all our lives but dad took a great deal of pride in the the, the yard and things around the house to sure. make sure that the house was in great shape it always looked good the lawn looked good if i cut the grass he would inspect the, the lawn and say <laughs> now you missed a spot you know, you you need to go through this again. He go said. outside with a ruler yeah. to make sure everything was the same height. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, not that drastic, but now did your every picture I think I've seen of your dad, Schwanny, shirt and tie, and my dad was the same way. Yeah, literally cutting the. I, I have like perfect memories of him in the backyard with those old manual lawnmowers mm-hmm. in a short sleeve dress shirt and a tie. Cutting the grass. Well, dad My would dad wear, always wore a tie. He would wear the short-sleeved shirt, but not the tie to cut the grass. But your father wore a tie to cut the tie grass? to cut the grass. Really? Yep. I do know this, though. If he was working on a project at home and he had to go to the hardware store for something, he would change his clothes to go to the store. <laughs> See? Yeah. That generation. Yes. It's that generation. Yes. Uh, we can I, learn from that. It's true. That's we can true. learn from that. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything about the way you're dressed today, but as long as you bring it up, uh, 312-981-7200, we'll, uh, uh, just, you know, we're looking for like nice memories of your dad uh, today, of, your, of what your dad used to do or does now, 312-981-7200. Shwani, by the way, I was in uh, northern Indiana. I was in, uh, I was in your uh, your. Uh, Stop, old stomping grounds. Where? On Friday night. I went to see Wanda Sykes at the uh, Hard Rock Casino in Gary. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. That would have been a great show. I think hilarious. she's hysterical. She's hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. And, uh, of course, it filled up uh, my tank. Uh, and you got it in Indiana. It's yeah. much cheaper, in right? Like like fifty to seventy five cents a gallon. It was. It was mm-hmm. like five thirty nine mm-hmm. a gallon instead of whatever six bucks or something in Chicago. And uh, naturally, like I always do when I'm in Indiana, stocked up on smokes and fireworks. Fireworks, right? Even though you don't smoke anymore, you no, still got this. I don't smoke or shoot off fireworks, but, but you still bought them there's anyway. There's so many signs I had to avail myself. <laughs> Now here is a man. Twelve twenty-three. Happy Father's Day from all of us here. To me, seven twenty. WGN. Uh, things your dad uh, did. Things your dad does. Uh, great memories of your dad. Happy memories. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Linda, you're going to be up first. You're on WGN. Hello. 
Hi. Hi. I just wanted to um, say that um, my dad, um, he raised four children, two boys and two girls, um, ages one, three, and five, and seven. And he was a union carpenter, and he always said that we we might not have much, but we had each other and a roof over our head. Wow. Nice. Yeah, and I remember when you were talking earlier about the um, going to the movies or driving in the car without seatbelts and stuff. I remember we used to have one of those um, station wagons where the seat turned oh. in the back. <laughs> yeah, face, to, and to face, used, face backwards, right? Yes, yes. And he used to take us to the drive-thru, and me and my sister all, were always put in pajamas, so when we got home, all they had to do was pick us up and carry us in the bed. Put you we right in bed. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I just... And, uh, he, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, please no, go. No, I was also, I was also um, thinking, too, um, my dad was 6'3", and when we would go to bed at night, we would be upstairs and laughing and giggling, and he would always, I'm if I have to, I'm going to come up there, and we <laughs> would keep going on and on, and then keep, the next thing, it used to scare the living daylights out of us because we wouldn't even hear him coming up the steps. The next thing you know, in pitch black, he's standing in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my I'll Lord. bet you went to sleep then. It's nice to have those good oh, memories. Yeah, it was like, yeah, like, shut up and go to bed. Shut up and go to bed. I'm tired, right? <laughs> Linda, thanks for the call. I'm glad you could share those memories with us. Mary Jo, you're next on WGN. Good morning. Afternoon. Um, my dad emigrated from Armenia uh, at the age of 16 when the Armenians were really being persecuted. It was terrible. At any rate, he then... Uh, ended up at Yale University, and he took his. He was very happy to be able to take his driver's license test. <laughs> he got halfway through it, and the examiner said, "Now back over to that place." <laughs> My father said, "Oh, you mean it goes in reverse too?" <laughs> <laughs> and what I told your producer was that Dad was a very smart man. He was an inventor, it turned out, and. He invented something that I use at least once a week, and every time I use it, I say, thank you, Dad. The ATM machine, can you believe it? Oh, wow. How about that? How about that? He sold the, he sold the patent. Oh. Um, so his name is not connected with the machine unless you look really deeply into the into the, into the Google of it. Into the history a, of it. Oh. But, wow, that's, you know, that's practically how everybody does their banking now with ATMs. Uh, well, I'm glad you shared those stories, Mary Jo, and thank you for those good memories. On our text line, 847 remembers, my dad wore a fedora hat for all activities, never left home without it. Uh, another 847, so many great memories. Dad served in the armed, uh, Army Air Force during World War II and was in a plane that went down over the Pacific. He named my brother after a friend who never made it back from a mission. Uh, I have his artwork in my home, just the best dad and grandpa ever. Uh, somebody uh, sent a copy, texted in. Let me see if I can pull this up here so I can read it. Sent in a, a copy of a poem that he wrote called The Father's Promise. Uh, remembrances of dad, sense of morning coffee, old spice, and sawdust. Soft plaid flannel shirts in blue hues. White crisp t-shirts without pockets feet fitted into bleached white socks 
in worn leather moccasins, protector of my childhood, sitting watch at the kitchen table by the back door, a spot reserved. It's a beautiful poem. Don't have time to read the whole thing here, but uh, thank you for sharing that. Boy, when, when I just saw the words Old Spice, that uh, flashed for me. That was that was definitely one of my dad's favorites. Uh, 815 Area Code, no matter how hard we were working on various projects, Dad would always stop for coffee and a sweet roll break at 10 a.m. <laughs> he was a bricklayer. It was in his contract <laughs> that he would always stop. Um, let me see here. Uh, 773 area code says, my dad would fill my gas tank, clean the leaves underneath my wipers, and dance wild with me at weddings. I miss him every day. Some nice memories there. How about you, Donna? Some nice memories of your dad. Hi, you're on WGN. Hi, Dean. First of all, I want to say thank you for the work that you do in film and also food, because I know you'll be barbecuing today on Dad's Day. And I'm following one of your recipes, okay? Oh, which one? What are you cooking today? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to barbecue some ribs, and, and you had some uh, good ways to do that. We did. So that's what I'm working on. Yeah, yes. we, we did. And my father, too. Good. Yes. Excellent. So um, uh, everything that people have just said to you, I, I want to say ditto. My father also was a World War II survivor. He was in the Army Air Corps. Um, he came back here and... Got his first job in the mailroom of Barnes and Noble, which is still uh, the bookstore on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Yeah. And they moved us. Uh, yeah, they moved us to the Midwest, and this was before Barnes and Noble was sold and became bookstores all over the country. But uh, he would bring us to the publishing uh, conventions at the Palmer House. Yeah, we'd stay over, um, and uh, all the book uh, authors and sellers would come there. They still do on occasion every year. Uh, it was fascinating. And then he'd take us all over Chicago. We were um, plunked down in northwest Indiana, but uh, he would really show us the town. When my mother died uh, later in life, my father, uh, he just passed away, Dean, um, in 2012. It's been 10 years. Yeah. But I, I swear he was almost 95, and he was not a womanizer. He was very funny, very smart, very handsome, very charismatic like yourself. And I swear the women would follow him all over, no matter how old he was. They would want to, they'd come up and tap me on the shoulder and say, Donna, is your father single? Can we uh, take him out to dinner? I mean, it was was amazing. So I want to say to you, Dad, you always still have it, no matter what age you are. And then the final thing, Dean, I'd like to say, because it is Sunday on Father's Day, um, I've had a lot of uh, priests from the south side of Chicago that have lived uh, uh, near me in the Michigan City area where I live. And I just want to say to those fathers, ah. they have a whole a whole congregation of people that love them and, and appreciate what they did for us, too. That's a very, very nice sentiment. You know, in all these years that we've done Father's Day shows, I don't think anyone has ever acknowledged people who go into uh, you know, following their religions and become priests or pastors or whatever who are fathers, I don't think they've ever been acknowledged. So that's a first here on the show. Thank you very much well, for that. May- yeah, thank you, Dean. Enjoy your barbecue today. Yeehaw! Some fantastic uh, father and son moments on Andy Griffith's show. Although I do notice that Andy lies to almost everybody in Mayberry. A little white lies.
Uh, <laughs> Makes you wonder if he ever got caught. If you watch the show, Andy is a like uh, a, a, a habitual liar, <laughs> telling everybody whatever they want to hear to try to get make them feel good. You know, the darlings out of town, or you know, whatever. Uh, talking some Father's Day stuff here today, sponsored by Chicago Symphony Orchestra. By the way, uh, we've got a special treat for Father's Day. We'll going to give away something special for Dad in a minute. But I want to get to uh, a couple of more of these dad uh, memories. Let's go to Paul. You are on WGN, my friend. Hey, Gene. Um, my dad, who uh, rest in peace, was a, a United Methodist minister. When uh, back in the early 80s, I was living at home after college. And on a Sunday morning, uh, he was sitting in uh, in his chair and started feeling some pains in his chest a little bit. And so I said, um, okay, um, you think we need an ambulance? No, but we should probably get it checked out. Okay, I'll take you to the hospital. I took them there. Mom went ahead to the church. I checked at it at the hospital. They told me he's having a mild heart attack. He'll be okay. So I ran back to the church uh, and, and picked up his sermon and went in and read the sermon and told everybody what was going on the following sunday he was going to be back in the pulpit he was feeling well enough and i said dad what we ought to do just for a joke is is something to start off the service and he went along with it and this was back when olivia newton john had the song heart attack heart attack you're giving me a heart attack oh my god so we played we played a clip of that, and then Dad said, "Just kidding." Oh my gosh! I probably probably reassured the parishioners a little bit, right? That he's able to joke yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. That's a great yeah. that's a great memory to share with, uh, to, for you to carry with you, but uh, to share. I think you know that's what those of us whose dads are no longer with us. You know, we we wrap ourselves in great memories like that. I think it helps out a lot. Paul, thank you for the call. Happy Father's Day to you. Mary, you're next on WGN. Hi. Hi. I love your show, Dean. Thank you. Yes, wanted to sh- a very proud daughter of my uh, my father. He also was in the Army Air Corps in World War II, and he also was shot down and the plane and landed in Russia. Oh, boy. Also, yeah. And also, he graduated from the University of Illinois with, uh, his name is on the bronze tablet in the library for being top 1%. Wow. But my favorite memory is he, huge cup fan, and so am I, unfortunately, right now. But anyway, <laughs> he... Uh, We're used yeah. to it. We're used to it. Come on. Yeah, it's a 1916. I mean, 1916. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we, we got spoiled <laughs> a little bit with the World Series, but overall, we're pretty used to it, so... We used, we used to go up. He picked me up. Uh, we would sell cattle, and I'd be about the only girl at the Union Stockyard selling cattle. And then we would go up to Wrigley Field. Oh, wow. And then Dad, Dad would write a note to the teacher saying, Mary was under the weather yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Which literally was true because you were under you were underneath the weather. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, yes, I miss him. Um, very much, but a great father. That's and great. I love your program, Dean. That's so great. See, my dad would have never done that. It's, there was, there, there was nothing uh, a higher uh, avocation to him than education. You know, he never finished 
uh, school, never really had much of formal education. So he was very insistent that his kids were going to go to school and get their educations. And there was no writing a note to, 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 to take us to a ball game. Well, otherwise, I had to, you know, follow yeah. education. My mom was a teacher in Chenoa, oh, Illinois. Okay. All right. All and right. also, uh, I did graduate from University of Illinois also, but my name isn't on the bronze tablet. Yeah. Well, that's, that must make you feel really proud. Mary, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Okay. You're welcome, Dean. Have a great Bye-bye. day. And let's uh, get Virginia in here, too. Hi, Virginia. You're on WGN. Hi, Dean. Hi, Shwani. Um, Dean, I'm a former uh, South Sider in the Beverly area, uh-huh. raised and, and born on the South Side, and my roots will always be with the rainbow ice cream cones. What Gotta streets? have one near, at least one time a summer. Now, what's near what streets uh, where, where did you raise? 8700 uh, Ashland Avenue. Okay. Oh, you are very close to Rainbow then. Absolutely. And my dad took us there every, pretty much every week, you know. But, um, you know, oh, God rest my dad's soul. Uh, But in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, we went, uh, my mom, dad, and my sister and I, to the White Eagle uh, Banquet. It was like a wedding. It was 100 people. It was a charity event. Up on the northwest Uh, side. On the northwest side. Milwaukee Avenue, sure. That's right. And it was for to to help a retirement home, uh, you know, uh, directed by nuns and priests. It was a St. Mary's retirement home in Wisconsin. So every year they would have this beautiful banquet. Mm-hmm. And do you remember Myron Florin? Sure. Florin? Okay. Sure. Accordion. He, he was a famous accordion player, right? Absolutely. They had a live orchestra. And so my sister and I, eh, we went stag. You know, we just went along. We thought we had some really good food. And and so 100 people, and mostly a lot of nuns and priests there. And before I knew it, my dad disappeared. My mom was saying, Virginia, what, what happened to dad? I said, I don't know. And before I knew it, I had two priests that came up to me and said, Virginia, would you like to come and dance? Let's go on the dance floor and dance. Oh, boy. And so they would not leave me alone all night. We did the jitterbug and, and the waltzes, and my sister was dancing with the priests. <laughs> and before I knew it, I said, oh, how did you know my name? How did you know where yeah. I, my table was? Right. He said, well, your dad came up to us. <laughs> and my dad tipped them generously oh. so that my sister and I could dance and have a wonderful oh, time. Isn't that Can nice? you imagine that? All night I was dancing with priests. Your dad went and set that up so you could have a nice time. Isn't that oh, nice? Oh, he, he did it quietly and never wanted anything in, in, in exchange for that. He was wonderful. He lost his father at a very early age of a heart attack, Dean. And he had such an affinity for children, especially children that didn't have fathers. Right, right. And he would just open his wallet, oh. and that's something I'll never forget. That's he a, was such a generous man. That's a nice, uh, nice memory. Here, here's a little more of a nice memory for you. Here, listen to this, Virginia. 
Virginia, this is the music of Myron Florin from the Lawrence Walker Show. <laughs> Absolutely. Wait, he's killing that lady of Spain on that accordion. Listen to him go. He's tearing that thing up. Listen to that. That's funny. Uh, and, and thank God I was young. We danced all night. And, <laughs> and I'm telling you, Dean, those priests were cute, too. See? Look at that. You, careful now. Careful. Virginia. Maybe... Maybe that night one priest wasn't going to be a priest. Uh, I don't see, know. Who knows if he did a conversion? <laughs> who knows? Thanks to my daddy. Oh, may, may my dad rest in peace. Thank you oh, for sharing that story, Virginia. Thanks, Dina. Really and you it. and Schwani, we'll see our dads again. There you God go. bless their souls. I may start a new accordion show. I'm digging this music. I'm right telling now. you, we dig it. <laughs> Take a quick break and we'll be right to back. Uh, <laughs> Dean Richards, uh, Sunday morning. We've got a special treat for Father's Day. Got a uh, $100 gift card for the big shot in your life. From the Barbecue Authority in Lyle, visit bbqauthority.com to shop and learn more. Let's take caller 7 on our phone line uh, to uh, win that card. Caller 7, 312-981-7200. You're going to get the $100 gift card from Barbecue Authority in Lyle. I hope you're barbecuing for Dad today out on the grill, maybe with uh, uh, some steaks. Dad loves uh, steaks. I did some steaks on TV the other day, a little bit different. I did some steak roll-ups. I took a a sirloin steak, pounded it thin, and then put uh, inside of it Parmesan cheese and fresh parsley, but you could put whatever you want in there. A mushroom would be good. I think some peppers, you know, green or red peppers would be good. And then I rolled up the steak, so it was like a almost like a meatloaf now. And I cooked it indirect on the stove, on the oven, a grill rather, outside. You could do it in the oven about 350 degrees for 30, 40 minutes. Um, and it was delicious and a really different way to do steak. Uh, I did some steak fajitas on the grill. Another different way to, uh, you know, to do some steaks. Uh, so, you know, there's uh, some alternatives. And, of course, just, you know, good old steak on the grill. You can't uh, beat that. This coming Wednesday on TV, I'm going to be cooking some Elvis recipes. I found some crazy Elvis recipes when I was in Graceland last week. I'm going to do those uh, on TV uh, this coming Wednesday. About 930 is when we do the cooking on the uh, WGN TV morning news. Julie, are you there? Good morning. Hi, Dean. Good morning. How I'm so happy I never win anything. You did today. <laughs> you got to stop saying Yay. that now. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, because now you won a $100 gift card from the Barbecue Authority in Lyle. I ho- My I- husband gets a present. Perfect. Otherwise, he wasn't going to get a present today? I, I, it, was, it wasn't looking too good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, now he gets a present after all. Thank goodness. I hope you Thank have a great you. day today. Thank you for listening. You